Welcome to the newest episode of the Salsia Art Podcast. It is March 1st, and I am Jesse. I'm the guy behind the Salsia Art Instagram profile, and this podcast, if you're not familiar with it, is all about just geek stuff. So it's not just about art, but it's about comics, video games, music. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you're in the right place. So thanks for joining me. I have no idea what intro music I made. I had a goal where I was going to do new intro music every time. Just going to be really quick, 10-second silly things. And I've just been sick most this week. It's been terrible. But, you know, just in time, I got well. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on. And I've got a whole list of things I want to talk about. Uh, The first thing is the project update of what I was working on previously. Um, If you've been listening, if you've been following my account at all, I set a goal for myself in late last year to actually do a comic. It was going to be a fan comic, and it was going to be based off of uh, a reimagining of Spider-Man. It was going to take place in a an alternative version of of feudal Japan, where it's going to be it was going to be much more gritty. It was going to be more realistic. Well, not realistic. It's just going to be very violent. Um, a lot of the origins were going to be reimagined, and they were going to take some inspiration from like Greek mythology. A lot of tragedy to the villains and stuff. A lot of there was like cannibalism. There was. Um, what else? There was there was just terrible things that the, the characters did, and um, yeah. So I made a couple draft or made a first draft. I wrote. I've had the idea for years, and finally decided like I'm gonna do this. This is what's gonna happen. Did the first draft, sent it out. Uh, I got some really good feedback, um, and then I got some. I did get, did get some feedback that just kind of made me question like if I was doing the right thing. And then um, I had a friend kind of send me some suggestions. I was like, you know what? He's right. So I went back and went ahead and like kind of came up with how I would make these changes. And I just can't bring myself to actually do it, to actually sit down at a computer and write it all down. It's all in my head, uh, some of the changes. But I don't know. Um, I'm doing that artist thing where you're just really afraid to finish something because you're afraid it's not going to be good. And I know that that's an issue, and it's something that's been holding me back because my hope was by March, um, that'd be the time when I'd be finally finishing drawing and inking everything, and hopefully having everything up for that very first issue. It just hasn't happened, and that's on me. And the reason I'm talking about it right now is really just to go ahead and give myself some accountability so you guys can be on me and be like, hey, what about the project? And that's what I should be doing to myself. You know, this is kind of just reinforcement, just a reminder, like, to finish something. And that's been an issue. Uh, I've been working on illustrations for a friend's um, children's book about space. And that's been cool. It's just work, you know, work doesn't come in as frequently as I'd like. So I had, there's really no excuse for me not to be working on this thing. So that's the really quick project update is. I'm procrastinating, and I'm afraid, and i got to stop doing that. So, from here, let's go ahead and move on to question time. Question time! Alright, the first question comes from the award-winning Justin Prime. Uh, Justin recently won an award from Comic Central for Best Sci-Fi Comic for his comic Astro Pig. Um... The guy is just amazing. He's got his own podcast, which is the Justin Prime Podcast. If you're an artist, I highly suggest you check it out. Even if you're not an artist, it's just it's a fun podcast to listen to. Um, but one one of the things he asked was, "Do you work while you're sick?" And I the answer for me is no. Um, the reason being number one, I'm not a professional. 
uh, I know that's probably a dumb way to go. With Jim Lee, his whole thing, the reason why he is where he's at is because he was like, I'm going to treat this like a job. I'm going to draw every day for eight hours a day. And that's how he got better. Um, and I'm sure the days that he was sick, he probably powered through or something. Um, but for me, I just don't really have that luxury of drawing for eight hours a day. I wish I did. You know, I'm not a kid living at, at home anymore where I could do that. Um, and so if I'm sick, I don't draw. I, I try to conserve my energy. I got kids. It ain't easy. And not only that, but I, with me, if I'm, if I'm sick and I'm doing anything, if I'm drawing, if I'm writing, if I'm playing music or something, I'm not able to give 100% because I'm not at 100%. So when I make something and I'm sick while I'm doing it, when I look back at it, I can see that it's not all there. I'm I'm not able to give my 100%. I, you know, I wish I had that in me, that, that spirit to be like, oh, I'm going to push forward and make something amazing. That's just not what happens with me, unfortunately. I wish it was. Um, but that's really just my whole thing is I know me. If I'm not at 100%, I can't give 100%, and that's not fair to whoever I'm drawing for, even if it's just for fun. Um, it's it's really not fun for me. You know, I need to be in a good place, and, you know, I, it's probably one of a bad mentality to have to be like, I need to be in the right place to create. But that's just where I am right now. Um, the second question comes from my from my buddy Derek Mitchell, who asked if there was a game that I'm looking forward to this year that that's really like hotly anticipated for me. And the answer is currently no. I I wish there was. The one game I really want to play right now is Resident Evil Two, the remake, just because I'm a huge fan of Resident Evil Two. Uh, a lot of history with the game, and it was one. I think when I first played the game and I went through and beat it and discovered there was, there was a scenario B where you get to play the other side of the story, it completely blew me away and instantly became my favorite game for a very long time just because it was such a brilliant idea of continuing the story. I mean, it easily, like nowadays, that would have been DLC, hands down. And it was something that they, they just gave you. And it was just such a cool idea of extending the game. Um... So for me, I really would love to see what it is that they've done to recreate this phenomenal game that they had previously made. Uh, aside from that, there's really not much. Um, I would say Halo Infinite, but that doesn't really have a release date as far as I know. And for me, the games that really get me excited are the ones that are very open-ended. Uh, big sandbox games, specifically anything where you can really customize your character and you can customize your stats and how you play and that not every playthrough is the same. That's why I'm a big fan of like the Bethesda games, you know, like Fallout and um, and obviously the Elder Scrolls. Those games are huge for me. I mean, those are the reason those games are the ones that make me buy consoles. So right now there's nothing like that that I can really that I know of. So for me, there's nothing really I'm like, oh, I've got to play this. Like, I'm really looking forward to Mortal Kombat 11, but it's not something I'm going to buy first day. And I think also one of, the, one of the good things about having kids is you learn patience. And by that, I mean before, yeah, I'd be that guy that would be the first day. If there's a game franchise I really love and want to support, I'd buy it first day. Nowadays, budget's not really there for that. Um when you have kids, your budget has to your priorities shift to work to your kids and what they need, and eventually, you know, come birthday or Christmas, yeah, that's when you get the things. And I don't mind waiting because eventually, six months down the road, all of a sudden there's the game of the year edition with all the add-ons that I would have had purchased anyway, and it's like forty dollars cheaper. So, yeah, not I'm not a big fan of having to go out and do that. 
like I said, I mean, with a game like Elder Scrolls or something, if I buy it first day, you know, I plop down my 60 bucks. Yes, I could wait and spend like, you know, 40, 30 to $40 less and get, you know, and get, and, you know, just be patient. But here's the thing if I lay down that 60 bucks that day, I still get hundreds of hours of gameplay without having to really, you know, wait. I don't have to hit, wait for DLC for that. By the time the DLC comes out, like, I've already played the game to death, and there's probably a Game of the Year edition I could buy if I really wanted to. Yeah, just bottom line, nothing really is getting me very excited. So, I really wish there was. Um, I saw that po- there's new Pokemon Shield and Sword, I believe, is, is coming out soon. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, there's really just nothing I'm really excited about. Um, moving on to Cool Shit of the Week. Now, like I said, I've been sick. Haven't really had a whole lot of chances. Sorry if you hear a noise. That's, I have a pen that has a maze and it's got a little ball. Anyway, um, haven't had a lot of chance to really look at cool shit of the week. Just like I've been under the weather. Haven't really had a chance to research anything. I've asked people. Um, my buddy Angelo sent me a ton of stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of them were links and they just didn't really work. And I didn't have the strength at the time to go and be like, eh, can you send me the link? So I'm just going to go with what I found. Uh, the first thing that I found recently is on Hulu. It's called Pen15. And that show is goddamn hilarious. It's the, show, the premise of the show is basically there's these two girls about to go into middle school. And it's the year 2000. So these girls are a couple years younger than me. Because um, I was like a sophomore in the year 2000. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's You're watching their friendship. And it's, it's, it might sound like some sort of teen, teeny bopper thing. It is far from it. It's incredibly vulgar. It's incredibly raunchy. And if it, if it, to get, kind of give you an indication of what kind of humor it has, um, uh, it's, it's basically, it's by the guys that made The Lonely Island. So, and then the two writers of the show are actual friends. They play basically, you know, younger versions of themselves. Yes, they're, they're like 31 or something. But they're ba- they're playing their fifteen year old selves, and it's pretty hilarious to see them juxtapose, you know, these thirty year olds acting against actual like twelve and thirteen year olds. They stick out really bad, but it's in my opinion, it's part of the humor. And again, it's a show with like a lot of heart, but at the same time, it's just hilarious to go and see like them going through all these changes of like trying alcohol, trying to find boyfriends and stuff. Um, the fact that they're super awkward, but they don't really care. They're happy to have each other. They still play with toys and stuff. People will make fun of them. But they they just go about their lives, and they're really kind of. They feel like they're the only ones that they need. They they're not really looking to be cool or impress anybody really. Um, if I could describe it in a way, I would say it's a mix between Super Bad, in particular the convenience store scene, which in my opinion still has probably some of the most realistic teenage dialogue I've ever seen in a movie. And uh, Freaks and Geeks, because you've got these really just completely out-of-touch outsider girls, you know, and it's their story. They're not focusing on the teen drama of, like, the pretty people that are having all these crazy relationship problems. No, it's just these two girls, like, in their friendship and the things that they have to go through and just trying to survive adolescence. And, yeah, the show is just freaking hilarious. Uh, Don't watch it if you've got kids around. Um, there's a lot of really bad language and a lot of talk about sex and it's yeah if you're into com- comedy at all highly suggest it if you have a friend that's got hulu if you got hulu 
Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. Uh, my brother recently, I told him to go and check out Letterkenny. The dude went through all six seasons within less than a week, I think. And he's just, he's la- doing another lap through it because he thought it was hilarious. And that's another show. Let me know if you check that one out. That one's also on Hulu. Uh, in regards to music, because I'm an old man who is now 35 and out of touch, out of the scene, I've recently gotten into Neck Deep, which has been a band for a long time. And just tells you just how, you know, out of touch I really am. Um, But, yeah, I've got Amazon Music is one of the things that was suggested to me. And it's just one, it's a pop punk band that I just love. I love the riffs. I love the melodies. Just typical pop punk fun. Um, It reminds me of Four Year Strong, which is one of my favorite bands. Uh, Another band that recently came up was This Town Needs Guns. And they're more, they're more of like a math core emo thing. Uh, last week I did, I believe it was Tiny Moving Objects. Um, that was a band that's very math core, but very fun. And this this is kind of similar to that, but it's just, it's a lot more somber in, in a sense. Um, but the music is just impressive as hell. And in a way it's kind of relaxing. If you're a musician, you'd probably enjoy that, enjoy it as well. Um, and lastly, and this will show you just like how far behind I am in general, um, I finally saw Into the Spider-Verse last night and was completely just blown away. Uh, the animation is gorgeous. I love so much what they did, the way that they made it feel like you were reading a comic. Um, in the graphics, the little pop-ups of like thought bubbles and captions and stuff, and just so much of how they made the characters themselves, uh, the different versions of Spider-Man and it was just so so fun and relatable like every character is lovable even kingpin is somewhat um is you know someone you kind of feel bad for which was surprising because you know he's just you know he's portrayed as this big hulking just massive anger and beat and then you kind of learn like what it is that's driving him and you kind of feel bad for him you have a little bit of sympathy for him you understand what's going on and um yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, I highly suggest you check it out. I mean, it's available on digital now. There's not really an excuse not to check it out. I, I'm tempted to go into spoilers and talk about everything I loved about it. and But I'm, I'm going to avoid that in case anyone else is like me and like they got kids or something and just don't have time to go to the movies and check that out. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, the portrayals of every, the casting was fantastic. Uh, seeing Spider-Gwen on the screen was just such a freaking joy, and I can't wait for my daughter to see it. She's literally named, you know, after Gwen Stacy. So, uh, when she first saw the trailer where, you know, Gwen pops up, and she's like, oh, hey guys, or whatever, my daughter just, like, squealed, and she pointed at the screen, and she, all of a sudden she's running around flipping, saying that she's Spider-Gwen, and... When you see her in the in the movie itself, it's just so cool to see Spider Gwen on screen, and she's confident, and she's smart, and she's just I don't know. It is just a phenomenal movie, um, and that kind of brings me on to a little bit of news, which is there's rumors that uh, Sony might be in talks with Marvel to have two live action Spider Men, and um, I I can't remember which Instagram page it was that was shared it. I wish I, I should have written it down. My bad. Um, but the guy was basically asking, like, oh, what's your opinion on this? And I'm just going just gonna to tell you right now, I'm all for it. You know, I know I've kind of not been a fan of the Sony's Spider-Man stuff. Um, and a lot of the decisions they made, just because a lot of it 
just feels like such a cash grab. You know, the whole Morbius thing. Like, really? Is that something we need? Not a fan of Venom. Had the chance to actually see it for free yesterday, but didn't because I knew that that would be money going towards um, Sony. Because it would be, it was like a free movie thing. You get to redeem it. And I, I kind of figured, like, okay, if I use this to redeem it for Venom, Sony's going to get some sort of a little tick that's like, boom, someone, you know, redeemed a coupon for it or something. Shows interest. I'm not going to go and support that. Um, but yeah, going back to my point, the idea of two live-action Spider-Man, totally for it, because that means we still get to continue the story that Marvel wants to tell. That's the story I'm really interested in. But then you can also tell other stories with a different Spider-Man, and I'd be interested to see what they're doing. Um, because if I have a choice between only one Spider-Man, I want to see what it is that Kevin Feige is going to be doing with Marvel. Like, that to me is going to be the definitive Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man that's part of a bigger world. That's the part, the Spider-Man where Captain America lives and Iron Man. And that's the Spider-Man that I wanted to see ever since I was little. That's the Spider-Man I wanted to see. That's the one that I felt like the world deserved. And that's the, that's the cinematic universe I felt that everyone deserves. You know, that way people can go ahead and see just how rich this, this you know, the comic book universe is. It's such a cool thing. You know, the, when before all these came out, the very thought that there'd be like a Spider-Man film, and the idea that maybe like there'd be mentions of Iron Man or like pictures of Iron Man or you know Captain America or anything going on in the background to kind of show this bigger world would be just such a cool thing to bring people that might not be familiar with it into it and be like, look, it's a whole. It's not just about one guy and his powers. There's a whole world of wonder and possibility out there. And there's just so much more to explore. And to just kind of bring people in. Um, but again, going back, the whole idea of there being two different versions of Spider-Man, that's, I'm totally for it. More Spider-Man movies, more Spider-Man stories, more chances to go and ask, like, what if? So I hope it happens. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Um, I was talking with a buddy who who said, like, oh, he would love to see Spider-Man 2099. So would I. It'd be fantastic to see what the, what the suit would look like in live action. And also there's rumors that um, someone might be trying to make a deal where, you know, hey, two live action Spider-Man and maybe um, Sony would be able to do their own cartoon because there's rumors that they want to spin off from the, into the Spider-Verse movie and expand on that universe in a cartoon form, which, I again, I'm all for. I would love to see more of Miles and see more of what's going on in his life and stuff and how he's coping with being the new Spider-Man and what the villains are like. It's cool to see like a different version of Doc Ock in Into the Spider-Verse. So who knows what other villains they could they could have and how they could reimagine them. So, um, yeah. I would love to see what it is they do and there's you know and if they're able to do that there's also a possibility of bringing back Spectacular Spider-Man which to me is still the best animated version of Spider-Man. I grew up with the 90s version of Spider-Man, loved it, loved the animation, loved the voice work and I didn't think anything would top it until I saw Spectacular Spider-Man and the stories were were perfect to me. And I think it's because they were mirroring what was happening with Ultimate Comics a lot. Um, it it almost was like it was written by Brian Michael Bendis, so I was I was there for it hundred percent. I was skeptical at first because I didn't really like the animation. It kind of reminded me of like the Kim Possible animation, which you know is not bad animation. It's just for me it was a little too too cartoony. But the stories were so good. If you haven't checked out Spectacular Spider Man, you're a Spider Man fan, please just check it out. Um, I have the DVDs, which you know I got for my kids. 
<laughs> in all honesty, it's I've been I've watched it a lot more than they have. Um, but yeah, and I guess that's about it for the news. Um, and I think that might be it for the podcast in general. Um, not not that I'm gonna stop doing the podcast. Um, but and but the cool thing is I will be hopefully very soon be having more guests on. I when my buddy Derek that asked the question earlier. He wants to be on the podcast, which I'm looking forward to. Um, Lindsay, who's another really good friend of mine, and if you've been listening to this podcast, she is Matilda in our campaign, which I'm hoping to have on very soon as well. Love to be able to talk to someone that, you know, normally isn't into like tabletop RPGs, and see exactly what that's like to come in and discover, you know, what what um, what they were expecting and stuff, and what what their opinion is of what D and D actually is. So there's those those two people. If there's anyone else in my life that's listening to this, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I wanted to do that." Totally cool. It'd be fun. And same thing. Like, if maybe there's even a way we could do an interview where, like, maybe you can't be with me, um, but maybe there's a way where I can send you questions, and you can use the Anchor app to go and answer them, and I can post your um, audio responses on here. So it's all good. Um, aside from that, um, the final thought that I had, I had written down something. It was a little note. Uh, to myself, and that was the the fact that there's a difference between hearing someone say, that's a cool idea, and that's a cool thing that you made and did. Um, And this goes back to more of like the artsy creative thing. Um, When you're creative, and I feel like a lot of artists typically, they make things to express themselves, but a lot of times they're also looking for praise and acceptance. And I think one of the things I fall into is the whole idea of... um, getting and really just getting praise of having this idea throwing it out there and having people go oh that's a really cool idea and being excited and what's crappy about me is i'll take that reward of that excitement and i won't do anything with it because i've gotten the fulfillment already of having someone give me praise and that's a bad thing um what i need to do is focus less on throwing out the ideas and actually completing them because there's a big difference between, you know, getting that praise then and then um, between getting that praise then or having something you physically made and being able to show somebody because it's there forever and it's yours. And, you know, yeah, because things can live in your head and then they'll die versus things can live in your head and then you can bring them out and give them new life and then share them with the world and continue to do that. And... If you're an artist, I hope you don't do what I do and you actually do pull out those ideas and share them because otherwise you're going to end up, you know, just 35 and not a whole lot to show. You might have a bunch of brilliant ideas, but nobody knows them and nobody knows you. And it's important to make make steps towards changing that. And that's what I'm working towards. So if you're an artist, I hope you're doing that. Take those steps. All right. And that's about it for the podcast. It's a short one. I was sick. Sorry, guys. But thanks for sticking with me, and I hope you had a good one. Bye.